Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Um, this coming year, I think, with the supply chain issues that we have, I think we're going to pivot to much more of a pre-order model. So mm-hmm. it'll be more of like a, a staple of our business rather than um, kind of a, a, a almost like a sale, almost like a specific kind of offer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pit Stop Garage. Joining me once again is Dave Ackerman, founder, CEO of Tobacco Motorware, and he he's the guy behind all of it. Uh, do, handles the designs, manufacturing, talking to customers, everything. And that's what we're talking about today is some of those supply chain issues. If you've gone to a store and seen empty shelves, or more likely, if you're a merchant, you know what I'm talking about. So we're going to be talking about how Dave is and Tobacco Motorware is handling all these supply chain disruptions without really frustrating their customers or not having any any products. So Dave, welcome I don't, back. I don't, thank you. <laughs> I, thanks. It's great to be back talking to you. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's not frustrating customers. The What I'm focused on because like it i i'm an e-com brand so it's not as much going into stores and seeing empty shelves but you've probably gone onto websites and seen sold out or unavailable or uh you know that sort of thing and um and this has been kind of the second of a one-two punch in uh, in of the pandemic right and i don't know if the 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 first one is a punch so much. That first year of the pandemic in my industry, <clears throat> it's the motorcycle industry. And people had extra time. And in a lot of cases, they had extra money. They didn't lose their job, but the government still gave them the stimulus check or whatever uh, they called it. And they, they used that to buy a motorcycle or to buy some gear that they'd wanted for a while. And, you know, and, and so that first year of the pandemic, really for a lot of companies, um, wasn't bad. And I actually think in my industry, a lot of companies, including ours, actually grew. Um, but what was looming in the background was a lot of these supply chain problems, a lot of personnel problems in that you can't, you, you there's a lot of places who, who can't get the employees they need. When places can't get the employees they need, they can't manufacture the goods they produce. And I buy raw materials and, and, and manufacture most of our stuff in L.A. But if we can't get things that we need, um, and this is a global problem. If a country that produces X, Y, Z, the well, zippers or, well, you know. Other uh, other bikes, the the bicycles, all the frames come from one place. And like that's a shortage or the the. Yeah the chips in all the chips in the cars come from uh, one place uh, lithium batteries uh, by and large come from one place like and and the, ironically china is um is up and running and has, has been up and running uh so not that there aren't still supply chain issues coming out of china 
But so, but eat, but as big as China is, there are so many other countries that contribute components or or full on goods that that now we can't get as much. My my father in law actually is a is a um, has a pool business, and it's actually mm-hmm. a, a big business. He has something like seven hundred pools or some kind wow. of crazy amount, and he's got all his guys who go out, but they couldn't get chlorine, and they couldn't get chlorine because. Chlorine is there's like two or three manufacturers in the U.S. of chlorine, and then it just goes out. Um, mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, they lost part of the workforce, and then they couldn't. They haven't been able to attract new uh, new workers to do those things, and so their capacity is way down. And so, um, really, you know, I I, I hope for, I, I kind of hope that consumers are frustrated by it and are like, you know, I hope they don't, I, I just hope they don't blame the brand because they see it in enough places. Right. Yeah. And so the way we've decided to uh, pivot, because this is a disruption. It's if you don't have stuff to sell, you, you're not going to bring in money, even if you have demand there, but you also still have the expenses of, of your staff, of, rent for your building, all those things. Yep. And so this is a potentially bad problem, right? And so when supply chain is such a big problem um, and and it's not something that's easily solved. You don't just go like, oh, let's wave a magic wand or, or it's not something that you can, like if you can't get material in to sit and, and to make the product you make to sell it, uh, you know, your expenses are going to stack up, but you're not bringing in money. So you got to find yep. a way to get around that. And so for, for us, the plan is to, again, we've done some pre-orders mm-hmm. uh, and, and run Kickstarters and things like that. And it's always kind of been a gimmick, uh, like, you know, not a gimmick, but it's just kind of something we do sometimes because we launched on Kickstarter. That was uh, super successful and important because that brought in the seed money that started our business. Right. And so here and there we've decided like, well, let's do this on pre-order first to kind of test the market. Um, This coming year, I think with the supply chain issues that we have, I think we're going to pivot to much more of a pre-order model. So it'll be more of like a, a staple of our business rather than um, kind of a, a, a almost like a sale, almost like a specific kind of offer. And that'll help us because we, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, here's the, here's the realistic timeline of, of when product will come in. And you backed our boots. You supported our boots pre-order. We go, okay, here's a, here's a, a good case scenario timeline. Um, and by the way, I think we can hit that, but um, it helps that we're producing, uh, you know, in the Americas, in, in North America. But um, because we, you know, because we're, we've pre-ordered, we can order just what we need. We don't have to over-order by so much that you're sitting on inventory. And that's important because... When there are supply chain problems, you might be able to get this much, but not this much, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it also allows us to, because those, you know, like if there are other 
problems where we don't have other products that would normally sell. Not so much of our money is tied up in inventory that we can employ our, our capital actually right where it needs to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, you know, they, they talk about entrepreneurs a, a lot of times about like putting out fires, right? Yeah. And um, capital can oftentimes be that, that fire extinguisher. Yep. And sometimes... But- you just need a little bit of capital early on before that yeah. fire spreads and now, now the whole barn's burning. Exactly. And so so basically by doing a pre-order, you can get that. It, it, it just helps you manage your capital um, really intelligently, I think. And so you're mm-hmm. going to see from us kind of in the coming year, I think, is even on stuff that we've done before that's not a new release, we'll put up and say, hey, um, here we're going to do a run of this kind of jeans, you know, anybody who wants to order for the next three days, you can get this discount and that, that discount will help fund that run of jeans. And then we'll get the run in. We'll send out what was ordered. We'll have some remaining inventory uh, above and beyond what was pre-ordered, but it will be, it will be like a percentage of what was ordered and it'll help mm-hmm. us adjust to kind of the shifting demand and everything like that. Um, and so in some cases we'll be like, wow, this was gangbusters order more. And then, and this is something that we should carry a lot of. And in other cases we'll go like compra- comparatively it, it, we, we should order a little bit less and we can employ that capital on one of the other fires that's burning and stuff like that. So that's, that's basically how we plan to do it. There are other people yeah. who will throw money and just at <laughs> it and they're, 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 you know, maybe they have venture backed and, and, and they're flush with cash. Other people will do it different ways, but for a small business like ours, and we are really small, like you said, at the top, I kind of do everything. I have my partner, we have a couple of employees working for us. But um, this is this is a good way to keep a lifestyle brand like ours that does high end stuff direct to consumer mm-hmm. kind of in the game, and and uh, we stay lean and stay scrappy, and and this pre order game is I'm all about it. Yeah, and I I really like that too because it's it's a mix of, of pre order and then using that data like we were talking about it in the green room. Myself and, and my friend Colin. Yeah. order two out of the nine, 12 and a half, you yeah, know, right. before you do an inventory run of 200 pairs of, of boots, yeah. you, the 12 fives are, um, people don't, they're not going to, yeah. It's like we, we, we've never done boots before. So we do this run and we sell, you know, 40 12s and we sell, you know, well, we sell, I don't know, like 50 12s or, and, and, and we sell, 30 13s or whatever it is and you think 12 and a half should be okay well you should sell about 40 it's in the middle of those and that's mm-hmm. what happens in the nine nine and a half ten ten and a half range but for some reason up in that little bit bigger foot range people uh don't consider themselves a 12 and a half and so we um we go okay like uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a skew that we probably won't carry in the future. And we feel like most customers don't consider themselves a 12 and a half. So that shouldn't be a problem for, uh, mm. you know, for the consumer. Yeah, for for everyone but me is fine. Everybody, yeah, you're out. You're <laughs> out with the cold. Sorry, man. 
Well, I yeah. won't be cold because I pre-ordered my boots. I'll be just yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the the other aspect of this that's really interesting is, and we're getting into it now, is you're quite literally interfacing with customers on on a design. Yeah. So the other cool thing about pre-orders is we can flow elements of the design or or um, early prototypes, and people can kind of. Uh, in our social media, like for the boots, for example, I don't, I don't know when you started following us, but we put up, a, I, I do these thing, this uh, segment in, in Instagram called talking boots. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say, what do you want in a boot? And this is what I like in a boot and resolvable <laughs> was something, you know, I kind of explained the Goodyear well, and, and I showed different boots that I have, and I have a dozen pair of boots, you know? And so I'd say, yeah. I like this. I like this. What do you guys think of, you know, hooks, button hooks instead of like, uh, you know, eyelets. And, um, and so, uh, and people would weigh in, what do you think of this color and this color? And I, show a dozen swatches and vote and kind of from that kind of get a sense of, well, you know, this Brown is kind of hotter than that Brown and stuff like that. And, um, and I think what happens is the customer as they see that happening goes, you know, I, I, I imagine you go, why, why isn't this done more? Why, why do people, you know, um, and maybe it's the ego of the designer. Maybe it's simply that it's hard to scale like this and we're small enough that we can do this. But like it, like weighing in uh, lets you serve your industry better, lets you serve your customer base better. Mm-hmm. And they feel kind of more connected to the brand. They feel like even though the boot as it wound up coming out is – it's not really an amalgam of, oh, everybody, well, this guy wants this and stuff like that. But we go, we know we have a good design. We know mm-hmm. a good percentage of people like a lot of the elements of this. And we know that and, – and, and my assumption is that while like somebody who liked the little hooks more than the eyelets, we didn't wind up using those hooks, I'm going – is that enough for them to go like, no, I'm not on it. And if they were just looking at boots side by side in a store, they might go, yeah, no, I am going to go with a brand that, that has the eyelets. What I think though happens is they're invested enough by just Mm -hmm. weighing in that even if it's not their perfect preference, I think they're still going to support us. And I feel like they have. Mm Mm-hmm. And I talked to Ryan Boshane a couple of weeks ago about that as his launch strategy as well. And whenever people have some skin in the game, it's almost like you want to get your kids eating different foods and you start them making pasta, just mixing in the egg yolks and the flour. And all of a sudden, cause you're involved with it, it mm-hmm. just, it's that much more enjoyable. And maybe people come to their own realization that, well, the hooks are okay, but I, I can see why they get caught and stuff. Maybe while I'm riding, I want my laces to go through the eyelid or whatever the, the reason is. The they, yeah. yeah, it's like, it doesn't always have to make sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just, oh yeah, I, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. So I love that. Dave, where can people find you if they don't come back for one more episode of Pit Stop? Uh, everybody should uh, certainly check out our Instagram, Tobacco Motorwear Co. Um, and they can check us out at tobaccomotorwear.com. Um, we also make, if you're listening to this and you go, Hey, I don't ride a motorcycle. We make a lot of nice stuff that 
isn't protective. Um, mm-hmm. Really great flannel shirts. We have a jacket that's coming out that's just a nice, you know, for all you Canadian guys, you know, a nice warm weather waxed canvas jacket. Ooh, um, nice. That's that's very, yeah, it's really cool. It, um, it's one of my favorite, favorite things that I've designed yet. And I think part of it is just because uh, for a long time, you know, I'm, I'm decked out in all my tobacco stuff, but yeah. then it'd, it'd get cold and I'd, I'd have to put it away and wear something else. And so it's, it's like, this is feeling that's niche in my own wardrobe of like, once it's cold and there's snow on the ground and I'm not riding, yeah. I want a jacket that looks like my style. And so it's, it's fun to come up with that, but yeah, uh, follow us on all the, the channels and yeah, tobaccomotorwear.com. Um, and we also have packanimal.co, which is if you need bags that are going to be built to a really high standard and have a nice style, that wax canvas uh, and leather look, we do packanimal.co and you can check those out too. Oh, these are all beautiful, 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 beautiful. We'll be back for one more episode. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your mother-in-law. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.